Welcome to Discuss, part five of our Rooted in Advent series. This week, Anna, Eric, and Jonathan continue our discussion on the meaning of Advent. Enjoy! restored the fortunes of Zion. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. And our reading for our discussion today is going to be taken from Isaiah chapter 11. And uh, I'm just going to read verses 1 to 9. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. And the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Infants will play near the hole of the cobra. Young children will put their hands into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. So uh, this week we're continuing our discussion that I started last week with my sermon on the last four things, which were the traditional themes of Advent, long lost to time at this point. And um, as I sort of made mention, the, the sort of genesis of this idea has sort of been sitting in me for a long time. As I said, for years in my neighborhood table, um, Jonathan, you were a part of it, Mark Davidson would would sit with us and say, but these are the true themes we should be talking about. (laughs) And uh, he was, up until that time, he was the only person I'd ever met that mentioned that. And so I kind of started this um, bit of a journey trying to find, well, where did this originate from and why was it lost to history and what does it mean if we revive this practice again? And um, so I have a few friends on Facebook who are sort of theology nerds, and uh, we were sort of chatting, and we were passing around quotes from Fleming Rutledge and um, a few different blogs and articles and stuff. Uh, but it was really um, looking at both Isaiah and Second Peter that helped me to sort of flesh this out a little bit more. 
And I have to say, honestly, I was pretty nervous to preach on that. <laughs> um, I know Andy and I were discussing this a couple weeks ago, and I was like, maybe we should do all four themes, and you could preach on it too. And he was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'd rather talk about joy, which is a much more um, attractive thing. But uh, I really felt compelled to preach about it because it's something that I'm struggling to understand, and I imagine if... I am that there are others out there as well. So I'm hoping that what I said last week kind of gets us thinking about what is Advent for? What are we supposed to be thinking about? And what are we preparing ourselves for? Um, All the hope and promise bound up in songs like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, or this vision from Isaiah chapter 11 that I just read. is this idea of something greater is coming than what we currently experience. And so that's what I was kind of trying to whet our appetites for. Um, But I'm curious what you guys thought about that. Seems like a big thing (laughs) to talk about, which I mentioned to you after... Uh, your sermon that you preached. Yeah, it's just, they're just huge issues. And I think for most of us, we wake up in the morning, and I don't know, we get up, we brush our teeth, we get ready, we go to work, we come home, we entertain ourselves with Netflix or, I don't know, hanging out with our kids or doing whatever. And then on Sunday, we hear someone talk about heaven and hell and who's in and who's not and mm. all these huge, intense topics. And we... Uh, had some pretty good discussions in our home group about hell and people Mm. had all sorts of different theories about it that some of them were based in scriptures others were maybe not so much but uh yeah they're pretty intense stuff and i think the thing that always stands out to me in the scriptures and from isaiah and second peter is just how countercultural everything is Mm -hmm. And it says he will, in Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verse 3, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And so it's kind of, yeah, this theme that God has these invisible eyes Hmm. that can see things that we can't see. And so, yeah, those are some things that stood out. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean, again, looking at the themes of, of judgment, hell, death, and heaven's good. That, that was, that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. But the, the, the other three are not yeah. as um, appetizing, even though you whet our appetites for it. But what, what I was reflecting on is you mentioned hell. You know, again, we have all these different ideas, whether it's from Dante's Inferno or movies, or music videos, or, yeah. you know, and it's, we have these images in our mind that are really sort of made up through, mostly through literature. But uh, I was, you were saying hell is where we are separate from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking how in our culture, you know, that's countercultural because in our culture, for, for a lot of people, that's almost something they want or Mm. you know it's desirable to get away from god because people don't like the idea of this judge sitting watching over them and so you know in culture in music videos like highway to hell (laughs) that's what came up classic uh you know it's it's almost like yeah i'm gonna hell and it's gonna be a party because i don't have that sort of father figure watching over me Mm -hmm. telling me what to do 
but hell is you, you can't escape the judgment hell is the judgment like yeah. so it's kind of this naive way of looking at things um and then as you said you were also talking about it's sort of a self-seeking mentality like you know pleasure seeking party seeking and that's the idea that we associate with judgment so that we can get away from judgment so that was just something i was seeing the irony of that yeah i made a, a reference in one point to jesus as judge doesn't make a list of if you've been bad or good, like that's Santa, (laughs) that's not Jesus, but that is how we, how much of the world thinks about Jesus, that Mm -hmm. he must be keeping a meticulous list of like the good deeds I did and the bad deeds I did and weighing them against each other. And instead, what I was hoping to communicate was his vision for justice is so much bigger. Like all the, all the suffering, all the sadness. I was thinking of friends of mine who struggle with anxiety and depression. All of those dark, negative things will not be present in God's kingdom. And so he's going to rid us of them. Like he's going to banish those things. And that, to me, sounds like a great relief. Yeah. Like that's something that I will look forward to and would want to have. Yeah, and you, you also brought up, like, what are you waiting for? In an Advent, the time of preparation, what are we really preparing for? Is it, you know, and then again, I'm like, that's a tougher question. We might not be, you know, on our highway to hell, but are we really waiting and hoping for Jesus' second coming? Mm-hmm. You know, we easily get distracted with Christmas shopping. I just put up Christmas lights yesterday. Yeah getting all the food ready um but do we really want jesus to come again like and bring with him these four things that you talked about yeah or is that scary i mean it is scary because that's a big change like we just lived in a year where life changed quite a bit this is a heck of a lot (laughs) different to that you know yeah this this is like covid times 100 but in a good way (laughs) yeah Yeah. but that's the the anxiety perhaps yeah yeah, and I, it's hard to talk about these things without also thinking about the abuses that have happened kind of in the past, mm-hmm. too, or hell is preached so intensely that people write songs called Hell's Bells and yeah. whatever else comes to their minds. And it's kind of back to what you're talking about, this idea of good and bad and how we think that God is just sitting up, just weighing all of our deeds. and. and I mean, good deeds are important, obviously. Yeah. uh, But he's not Santa Claus. You don't get into heaven on your own merits. Yeah. And so that sort of weightiness of I need to be a good person so that God will accept me is not the message of Advent at all. Yeah. I was hoping to emphasize that too, you know, when I I was saying that like our fate doesn't rest on our own shoulders. And I think when we when we leave Jesus out of the picture and we only think about a God who is like weighing our good deeds or bad deeds, we forget about the fact that Jesus did all this work on our behalf. So, so we don't need to worry about whether our deeds add up or not. You know, Jesus descended into hell and he, he came out the other side and he is welcoming us into heaven. And if we embrace our baptism, we get to be inheritors of that. We get to take that on for ourselves. And so I think sometimes we kind of rob ourselves of the inheritance that, that God has given us and that we should enjoy because we're so busy thinking about kind of cultural ideas of these themes and rather than what, what does God actually have to say about it? What is, how does God define these things? 
And there's really a lot more good news there than we would think, but our culture has kind of wreaked havoc (laughs) with death and hell and Mm -hmm. judgment and all these themes and and kind of stolen that narrative away. Yeah. And my, sorry, my fear is that we also focus so much on the good parts because they're easier to talk about, especially Mm -hmm. in our current cultural narrative. It's easy to talk about heaven and acceptance and, and diversity, which are all good things that are a part of the gospel, but it's extremely difficult to talk about things like judgment and... Yeah, and, and and yet as you bring up, the judgment's already taken place, yeah. and that's why our hope is in Jesus, because because of him, these four things we're talking about aren't as bad as as they could be. as they could be, and and we've set them aside. But if we were to focus on them a bit more, we'd realize that death isn't as bad because there is hope in Jesus. Judgment isn't as bad because there's hope in Jesus. Jesus, hell isn't as bad because you're not going there because. You get to go to heaven. And and so perhaps maybe that is why Advent is a season of love and joy and hope (laughs) and peace. Um, Because that's the byproduct. Because those things are tied together. They're not separate. Well, I think, too, if you have this view of of judgment being true Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen, like you said, this is a real thing, then your view of grace and love and stuff is also increased. Yeah. And you're your thankfulness and everything is like, wow, look at this path that I was going down and all of humanity was going down and we all would have just ended up here if it wasn't for Jesus Jesus. coming into the world. Yeah. I mean, that's what I hope. I hope that in thinking about these things, we can live into that inheritance more and, and appreciate more the gift that's been given. Um, think about kind of that enormous victory that Jesus has won for us, like the worst thing that we can think of, of happening to ourselves or people we love being death, if that's the worst thing we can think of, Jesus has conquered that for us. So we don't need to be afraid of that. Yeah. Even the worst thing becomes a good thing even. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, is, you did a great job and, and I hope this conversation has helped highlight that even further, that it is a message of hope and that, you know, even in times like this year where there's so much um, darkness, that, yeah. that Jesus is the light. The other thing that you brought up was was God's timing in all of it and the mm-hmm. idea of waiting. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting that, again, the, the contrast between Advent, which is hints at something imminent, mm-hmm. like it's about to happen, versus you were talking about eschatology, the last times, and I don't think many of us put those two together like the last times are about to happen. Some people do, but mm-hmm. most of the time we don't. And just the idea of God's timing, we were having an interesting conversation beforehand with some of us about renovations <laughs> and uh, how they don't usually go according to your desired timing. Never. And you, I know we've done a bit in our backyard, and we wanted to get it done as soon as COVID hit back in spring. Backyard's a disaster. It looks like, <laughs> a, you know, a job site. We just lost our fence now as part of the oh, the work. So so now there's a park. People just just open to see our disaster. <laughs> but we, we just had to learn to wait. Like this time around, you know, earlier things that I was waiting for were frustrating. I'm just like, ah. It just <laughs> is what it is. But... Yeah. With that learning to wait, perhaps you lose the the sense of urgency yeah. that I think Advent reminds us about. Yeah, I mean, it's good to to rehearse 
the events, like I, I did a um, podcast interview with Lindsay the other day, and we were talking about ways to celebrate Advent with kids, and that's all exciting. My, my family was big on those traditions, and I carry them on with my own kids. But there's also a sense of, as, I, as I'm doing this, as I'm rehearsing this narrative, am I anticipating this to be done? Like, that we don't have to keep doing this over and over because we'll be actually entering into the second Advent. Like, we're not going to be doing this for forever, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think that's, I don't know, I think as you say, John, like, COVID has kind of taught us that the, it's disrupted our regular rhythms enough to say, well, wait a minute, like there are new rhythms to embrace and there is a bigger reality to put our eyes onto and, and hopefully it can wake us up a bit and, and make us aware of that too. Yeah. As you were talking, I was kind of thinking of that passage in Second Peter mm-hmm. chapter three. And he kind of, he has these like, they almost act as bookends in how he's speaking where he's at first talking about the fact that God has patience with us mm-hmm. because he desires us desires us to repent, which is to have a relationship with him. But he's also not afraid to say that there's an end date. Yeah. So we're kind of living somewhere in here yeah. where we don't know when it's going to end, but it is an interesting thought um, to consider that this will end. Like this life as we know it will wrap up. And things aren't forever. Yeah. And it does, it just feels like that's not real because like I said, we're living in this sort of bubble of whatever it is we do with our daily habits and and whatnot, but it is going to come to an end and it will be terrible and good, which is, yeah, feels weird to say. It's weird, weird and good. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really the lesson of that is is reminding ourselves of our own limitations that there is something greater beyond our sensed experience or and greater beyond what our humanity can know and perceive. And so we're trusting God for that. We're trusting because he has created that larger reality and yeah. we're, we're trying to live into that with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your advent, your first coming and for your future coming. Um, help us to be ready. Help us to be expectant. Help us to live into that reality that we would be citizens of your kingdom here and now, um, bearing your light, um, sharing in your justice, bringing your peace and your love to the world so that the world may know that you are king and that you are coming and that he, you long to welcome everyone to yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shall come to thee, O Israel. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Josh Wilton and Richard Charter. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.